Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. First Timothy 3.15 says, I write to you that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. My, my iPad just, sorry, right in the middle of that. All right, that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And as we've been talking, that word house in the Greek is oikos, and it, it's not just talking about a building, it's talking about the household, it's talking about the family. And so he's saying, I, I want to I help you learn how to conduct yourself, not just in the, not just in the church gathering, in the actual family. And it's, it goes on, he says, the family of God is the church, the ecclesia. So God sees his ecclesia church not just as a religious gathering, it's literally family. And so it's oikos, and so that's what we've been talking about, and we're just trying to, we're trying to knead the dough, right? We're trying to put the, the, the yeast into the dough and get it to spread throughout. Like Jesus said, it's the kingdom is like leaven, and it spreads throughout the whole lump. We're trying to just knead this in and, and try to help us really capture God's heart for family, how many of you guys who have been with us for a while now, you're, you're really feeling God bring an increase to that right now? I'd say so. It's all over the room. I, I feel like that's happening, and it's beautiful. And so I wanted to share with you a little bit. I'm going to say some things that it's a little vulnerable to say things because they're, I haven't really talked openly about some of this stuff, but um, it feels good to do so right now. Um, when Jessica and I uh, were in Redding, California, we, we lived there for nine years, and we were at Bethel Church for nine years, and we were there to, that became our oikos, that became our family. And so we have spiritual fathers and mothers at Bethel, and, and we have, we've got brothers and sisters, and, and we, we, we were there as long as God needed us to be there because he, he, he made it clear that he, he was trying to need the dough in us. He's trying to get the DNA, the kingdom culture DNA that Bethel has imparted into us and get it working deeply in our lives. And there were so many times when we felt like God was going to have us move away um, to go do ministry and, and take the things that we've learned and got from Bethel and go out. And, and along that way, there's, there's probably four or five times we're like, God, I think we're ready. And he's like, no, actually, you're not. I've got more I need to get into you. And so after, we, after I was finishing up my third year at BSSM, as an intern, I, I felt like God was going to launch us out from that. And he was like, nope, I actually need you to stay here longer. And, and he was doing it not to, uh, not to make our heart like burden for not, like, not be able to do something we want to do. It's more, I got more for you. I have more I need to impart into you and more to, to give you experiences, more to train you, more depth of a relationship to build here. And, and where, where we thought we'd probably be there for three and a half years turned into nine years. So God was doing a lot of work in us in that time. So important. But finally, we reached the time when God was saying, 
that it is time for you to leave, all right? It is time for you to take this oikos family spiritual covering and go somewhere else and build a new thing and, and, then, and then build a, you know, a kingdom work there, right? So during those nine years, one of the things that really um, was profound to me in the teachings was that Bethel is an apostolic ministry. And one of the things I remember when I was a student first year back in 2009, this thing sounds like it's going in and out. Did we get new batteries? Hopefully that'll work. All right. When I was a first-year student in 2009, um, I remember learning some of the sessions that they were teaching was that God is, in, in this current age, he's trying, to re, he's trying to rebuild what church looks like, trying to rebuild what ministry looks like. And for you know, centuries, um, churches have been built more around a pastoral kind of a structure and then everything looks pastoral in the way it is, and that's just what everybody's known. And but the, but they were teaching us that God's bringing us into a new era where He's He's trying to build a, a more apostolic kind of a structure, because the apostolic brings a lot more dimension to it, a lot more um, kingdom blueprint into the picture, and then build from there. And of course, pastoral is an important piece of it, but it's not the whole. Okay. And so that was reframing my paradigm. And, and we use the term wine, like new wineskin. Jesus, you know, the Bible talks about old wineskins and new wineskins. And a wineskin is a, is a structure that contains wine. How many of you guys would say, how many of you guys think that the wineskin is the most important piece of that thing? No. It's not. It's what it houses that's the most important, right? The wine. So wineskin is not all about the wineskin. It's about the wine, right? And so the wine, as Jesus taught us, is the, is the Holy Spirit. And, and so there's the Holy Spirit, but there's structures that contain what God's doing, right? And so um, the, the terminology of wineskins being the type of ministries or whatever. So old wineskins they were teaching is that things have been built pastorally, but new wineskin, God's trying to build apostolically because it's a lot more kingdom-focused. Amen? So I, I was under that kind of teaching for nine years. And when it came time that Jessica and I felt God was leading us to plant a church, um, he he's, has put a pretty deep apostolic vision in us. And, and so I, I believe that what, we, what God sent us here to do in the big picture is apostolic. However, we met with Bill Johnson a few weeks before it was time for us to launch out. And we, just, we had the opportunity to sit with him for an hour and just ask him questions. And he spoke divine wisdom to us. God was using that to impart um, DNA and, and blueprints to us in this new season we're about to come into. It was pretty powerful. And so I got to ask him the question. I said, Bill, um, you know, we are getting ready to plant a church, and nobody has, we're not going there to step into something that already exists. We're going to build something from ground up. Um, and, and so we have an apostolic vision, and we believe that, that that's what God wants to do. Do you have any wisdom for us? Because what I've learned here for nine years to build an apostolic-centered 
ministry instead of the old wineskin style, pastoral centered, right? And so I asked him that, what, like, what kind of advice do you have to help us take into that plan? And his answer made my jaw drop because what he said was, I actually recommend that you start off your church building it pastorally centered. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> We've been here nine years <laughs> and listening to you guys tell us that, that God's not building pastorally centered. He's building apostolics. But he said, I, I recommend that you start it off building it pastorally centered. And, and he said, the reason is because so many people in this modern age have no healthy family experiences, and people need a healthy family. People need fathers and mothers who can bring the, the love of the father to them and build a family. And he said, when you, he said, he didn't say give up the apostolic vision. He said, he said, start off with this because you have to build a, a foundation it's not about the pastor so much, but the approach of it is focus on building a family. So build a family, build that, the healthy relationship, help, help people learn God's love well and learn how to love one another well. From there, he said, once that's established more, then you're going to be able to see the apostolic part of it grow off of that foundation. And he said, whatever the apostolic move is, whatever, the, whatever kind of movement of God he wants to do, or apostolic or revival center, or whatever he has, it needs to come out of that because most people who are hungry for this, they have a reference for revival, but they don't have it from the healthy family aspect. Do <laughs> you hear what I said? People, people want revival, but they don't get the family part of it. And so if you, if you get people who know how to do anointings and, and signs and wonders or giftings, but they're orphan hearts, what are we going to keep building? We're going to keep building great things on orphan structures. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> All right. So the, so the Lord actually started like helping, he kind of took Jessica and me into a little more prayer. <laughs> like, all right, we have, to, we have to dig into this more. What does that mean? And, and so it, it just it added a new dimension to the journey of finding God's vision and blueprints. But the cool thing is that that's when I was a revival group pastor at BSSM, I did that for three years. And family was a real important theme in that. And so the Lord is already kind of building that value system into me. So it didn't really throw us off. It just meant like w w instead of going and trying to do a whole bunch of revival meetings and, and just all focused on miracles, which I love, by the way, it's like let's build family and, and let's have patience because when, when we get the family thing going and then we go after the presence together there's going to be something far more sustainable in the long run. And so if you look at Bethel today, like the move of God that he's done there and just the amount of influence that they've had and the miracle testimonies, and it's a movement. It's not just a ministry. It's actually a movement. And it's wild, the, the, the power that God's displayed in the earth through Bethel. But here's the thing that I want to speak to in that 
<clears throat> is that you don't, you don't get the kind of fruit and manifestations and momentum that Bethel has without the history behind it that helped build that. And, and I think a lot of times people are trying to bypass history building. Instant manifestations, instant success, instant revival, whatever it is. And the Lord's like, I'm not necessarily always in the instant because I need us to go deep and long. Come on. So they spent decades, decades building history, decades building relationship, decades building foundations, decades growing roots together before they even saw the things that God started doing. And then they had something powerful to build on so that when the weight of the, the movement came, they actually have the ability to sustain it and do it well. All right? So when we, when we try to bypass the seasons of longevity and history making and all that kind of stuff and relationship building and, and deep roots, if we try to bypass that to get the harvest that we want, it will probably, you might get a harvest for a moment and then it'll shrivel up because there's nothing to sustain it. So God's wanting to, us to think we're, we're building for the long haul. Amen. Amen. All right. So, so you got Bill and Benny Johnson. You got Chris and Kathy Valentin. You got Danny and Sherry Silk. And they, they were always known as kind of like the three pillar uh, couples of Bethel, uh, especially when we were there. <clears throat> and they, they, those guys, uh, they carry powerful ministries, but it didn't start that way. They're decades. I'm talking like they've been running together for probably 30, maybe 40 years. Probably a good 20 years before they even started seeing the stuff that God was doing. And there, there's the power of impartations that help expedite and catalyze things. But even when you receive impartations that help catalyze you in something, you still need to build history. You still need to build depth to be able to, to go the long haul with the Lord. Amen? And, and like, I also want to just kind of throw this out there. Benny Johnson and Kathy Valentin and Sherry Silk, the wives of them, people don't refer to them as the pastor's wife. <laughs> They're, they are esteemed as queens in that environment. Amen? Because people know, people know it, that, that without them, it, it wouldn't actually be what it is because it takes both of them to make it happen. And let me just kind of throw this little thing out there, a little by the way. I just want to say this about my wife, Jessica, right here. She didn't want me to, she doesn't even know I'm going to say this, but I, I want to say it that Jessica, uh, and I know you guys know this, but I just want you to hear me say it. She's not just a pastor's wife, right? And she's, she's not just an administrator who does administrations. She does do that. But did you guys know that She's actually our executive pastor. Like, I think my, my grandma, we visit her sometimes, and uh, we'll probably go see her today, but she's kind of, she kind of thinks old, the old wineskin kind of perspectives, and she'll, she'll post things on Facebook. My, my grandkids came and visited me today, and by the way, my son is this pastor, and he came from Bethel. Like, she'll give this whole, like, 10 sentences 
to tell who we are just to say they came and visited me. It's hilarious. And that, but she'll then like throw in there and Jessica does the administration of the church. I'm like, you have no clue. This church would not exist without Jessica. Like, I want you guys to know that. Like, she's, she's amazing. She doesn't like attention, but, but she needs it sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, you're next. But I just, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Like, like she, she carries this thing really powerfully and so important. But, Bill, but back to Bethel, Bill and Benny Johnson, like they, they've spent so many years like pouring into Chris Valentin and, and Danny and their wives and, and, and like mentoring them and discipling them. And they've been through so many messes together. They, they, they're collisions and all that kind of stuff. You, you don't really build unity if you don't have hard things to work through sometimes. But you got to work through them to get to the other side so that then you, you deepen the unity that you have. Does that make sense? And so you got to have that. And, and in time, there's going to be growing and maturing. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. And it's, it's the longevity. It's the commitment to longevity that builds the, th- the foundations that God can bring his kingdom to. It's true. You, uh, you hear Chris Valentin in his messages sometimes. He'll, he'll say things like, you don't get a message if you haven't worked through a mess. You don't get a testimony unless you've been through a test. Like, like you, you don't get to have the things that people are, are heavily impacted by if you haven't worked through the hard stuff to get there and get that breakthrough. And when you have a corporate move of God, you have to have corporate commitment, <clears throat> corporate longevity, corporate working through the messes and celebrating the good times together. You can't have the momentum of something like that without the longevity that comes before it. And, and Bill and Chris, like they, they've built their relationship for many years and, and, and Bill has had to challenge them many times and I'm sure Chris probably challenged them back sometimes too, but, um, but they, they've got deep roots together and their roots are so deep that Chris... After they were in Weaverville, this little town in the mountains outside of Reading, and, and Bill was pastoring the church there where he was mentoring Chris, and, and then, Chris, the, then God called Bill to come back into Reading and become the senior pastor of Bethel Church where his dad handed it over to him. There, I don't remember if there's somebody in between, but that's irrelevant. My point, though, is that after two years of Bill pastoring that church, and Chris was in Weaverville, and he had multiple successful businesses, where he, he, had, he was an auto mechanic, but he wasn't just a mechanic. He owned shops, and then he owned um, parts stores and stuff, and he was prospering, and God was doing a great thing through that. And Bill reached out to Chris, and he said, Chris, I want you to pray about um, selling your businesses and come into Reading and, and come in on, on staff as a volunteer and start a school of ministry. And Chris gave up his businesses that was high income producing, laid it all down to come and serve Bill in the, in the apostolic vision God had in faith. In faith that God will provide. 
because he was not given an income to do it right off. After he built it up and then it started growing, then he started getting an income. And now, like, he's got, he's got a lot of money now because he's written books that are bestsellers and God's blessed him. But <clears throat> that school started off with 37 students. Now there's, like, over 2,000 students every year come from like 67 different countries around the world. That's crazy. You don't get those kind of results if you're not willing to, to pay the price to get there. You guys hear me? Like God, and this isn't a Bethel sermon. It's just, it's just testimony. All right? But it's testimony that, that if you want to change the world, you're going to have to lay your life down to do it. You guys, I know that we got people in this room that believe you're world changers. I believe it. But it takes laying your life down for it. And it takes having commitment to the community that God's called you to, to lay your life down for one another and doing it together and going through the ins and the outs and the messes and the glories all together, working through the stuff to get to the other side of it. If we don't do that, we'll never see the results that God's promised us. If we do that, and we do it in faith and in worship to the Lord, we will see the promises. Hallelujah. Amen. So you don't get the, you don't get the kind of revival movement that I'm talking about without the history behind it. And history includes building relationships like really building relationships. It, it, it includes staying committed to staying the course and not shifting away when times get hard or it gets boring. <laughs> Working through the hard stuff together to build things in a healthy way instead of just trying to shortcut the processes. Having relentless pursuit of the vision and the prophetic promise. Intercession. They, they interceded so much before they ever saw the fruit of what they, they stepped into. All right? Contending and believing. And, and then stepping out in risk and faith until they see the breakthroughs manifest. Sometimes maybe took years to get to that place, but they were relentless and never gave up. Because they believe what God said. Together they believe what God said. Come on. There's deep unity all the way. And then as, as breakthrough comes, then there's the stewardship that comes with it. Right? Stewardship. Stewardship. And, but doing it with unity all the way through. From beginning, middle, end. We're in this together. We're not letting go together. We're going to keep championing one another together. We're going to keep believing what God's promised together. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm going to let you be here for me. We're going, to, we're going to conquer giants together. Come on. Hallelujah. And, and one thing that Chris often says too, by the way, I, I quote them because they're spiritual fathers to us, all right? So, but he says this, that there's a lot of and suddenlies in the Bible, but most and suddenlies were preceded by a lot of pressing in. Amen? They're preceded by long seasons of perseverance, and then the and suddenly breakthrough happens. Come on. 
I believe we're going to see some and suddenlies at some point. But we won't see them if we give up too soon. Amen? I want to go all the way, and I want to be surrounded by people who are, who are ready to go all the way together because this isn't a one-man show. Amen? <laughs> you guys doing all right this morning? This morning I had several things before, you know, before I was getting ready, or before I was ready to do the prayer time this morning, I had several things that were not my normal Sunday morning things to do, and it, it just kind of, it, it made me had to just stay focused while I'm getting things done, and, um, and, and so I went back there and I, I was going to brew me up a cup of coffee, <laughs> and so I, I put the coffee grounds in the coffee machine, I poured the water in the back of it, and then I'm, I went back to my office, and I'm starting to just go through my notes and pray. After I was back there for a while, I started thinking, man, why don't I have a nice warm cup of, cup of coffee in my hand yet? And then I remembered that I forgot to push the brew button. So I went to go push the brew button, and then I realized I also forgot to plug the coffee maker in. And I forgot to put the pot in the machine. So that's why I didn't have any coffee in my hand. So I went and I plugged it in, put the coffee thing in there, and then pushed brew. And then I got to go back and wait again. <laughs> and then I had me a nice cup of coffee. And it was great. Some people think a nice cup of coffee is, re is revival in a mug. Bill Johnson actually had a cup, uh, a coffee mug built or designed that says revival in a cup, and he'd drink out of it during his sermon. It was pretty awesome. <clears throat> but listen, you don't get the results that you're looking for if you don't do the steps and the processes to get there. All right? You can't have your cup of coffee unless you do the things that get the coffee to be there. You hear what I'm saying? You're not going to get the revival outpouring that you're looking for if we don't do the things that it takes to get us there. And I've been talking for weeks about some part of this blueprint of getting there is, is seeing God's value for his family, the oikos, and, and how God is taking us individual people and fitting us together and weaving us together and knitting our hearts together in unity where we, we grow in this love for one another that's willing to lay our lives down for each other and I'm here for you, not just for me. And that we're, we're in this together because we want to host God's glorious presence as a family. And, and there's the verses we've been in that talks about how each of us together, coming together, God fits us together because he's building a holy temple for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in the fullness of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's so many people who are just waiting for revival to fall into their laps. <laughs> or waiting for somebody else to pay the price so that we can benefit off of their history with the Lord. And the Lord's trying to do something that's corporate. He's trying to do something together. He's trying to build a unity that he can show up into. 
Come on. There are a lot of people hopping around from one move to the next. Or, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go receive places, but some people have created a value system that's like they live off of that. When God's trying to help us build history, but some people are like dipping in here, dipping in there. And this felt good for a moment, but it doesn't feel as good as it did then. But I see him doing something over there, so I don't even know if I want to say bye. I just am out of here. <laughs> Come over here. And it's like dipping around, and, and, and it can be the flavor of the month club. <laughs> it can be. I don't know if it's okay to say this, but I'm feeling a little, <laughs> what'd you say? Squirrely? Squirrely? We can call it that. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of squirrels right now. All right, Holy Spirit. I, I, I just, I've seen people, I, I, sometimes I'll, I like to call it revival pigeons. Because <laughs> it's like, there's a move. Oh, there's another. And then it's like, then the, the flock flows around. It's like, there's something over there. And it just it's like flows like a flock. And... Again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't receive what God's doing, absolutely, but my point is that there, there can be a culture get created where people are living off of the other things instead of building the history, because you can only live off of what somebody else has got the breakthrough for for so long. But God's trying to build something that's long-term. Amen? Amen? Some people think that God's kingdom looks like the Holy Spirit's blowing me around like the wind. Because Jesus talked about those. Those who are led of the Spirit are like those who are being led by the wind. It's like the wind, and so some people interpret that. Oh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, move me over here. And oh, move me over here. And, and that, like I get that, but I want to tell you something. There, there's something that's even more important that's a kingdom value, Okay. The kingdom looks like faithfulness, longevity, deep-rooted, loyal family relationship. Why is it so quiet in here? Some people get involved with so many different groups. The, the, like, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved outside of our church. I'm not saying that, but I just want you to hear my heart. Like the cultures get created. Habits get created if you're not careful, where things can actually get off balance. And so some people can be involved in so many things that it's easy uh, to become a mile wide and an inch deep. Right? It's easy to stay hidden and compartmentalize how much people know about who you are. It's like, well, I'm going to divulge this amount to people. 
of this thing, but I'm going to come over here to this other group where they don't know that thing, and then I can let them know this part about me. But they don't need to know the whole, because if, I, if they don't know the whole, I can stay hidden. And there's a lot of Christians hiding by bouncing around. <laughs> Things can, that can create cultural habits that might get out of balance and create dysfunctions because God's trying to, he's trying to build communities where people are knitted at the heart. The things I've been talking about for weeks. You don't get knitted at the heart and, and become one heart and one mind if you're not showing up together. And you guys hear what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just talking about real stuff. That, that there's this culture where people go about this deep if, if we're lucky. <laughs> and God's like, it's, it's down here in the deeper places where you're actually going to really see me move. But people are afraid to go to the deep places because of either price or because of shame. And the Lord's like, come on, let's go deeper. We haven't seen the outpourings we're looking for yet. Why? Is it because it hasn't been scheduled on God's calendar? Or is it because God's looking for a place he can land? I think it's the second. But he's looking for these things. He's looking for deep, spirit-connected community that's family with each other, that's, that's looking to him, that's believing that he wants to pour his spirit out upon us. He wants to Pentecost it all over again. He does. But it's, and, and he will continue doing revival outbreaks in different places, and it'll be awesome, and people will flood to them, and that's great, but that is not actually his end goal. It's not. He, he doesn't want to just have a, have a thing happen somewhere else where people have to travel far to get to it so they can go experience God, but then they still have shallow relationships with his ecclesia, his family. Like he, he actually wants to have family where there's heart connection and we're doing life together. He wants to build that. He actually wants churches to be his, his revival outpouring centers as families. You guys, right now I'm wondering if there's about five of you who are coming back next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's good. He, he's, he's trying to build something, but he... He wants us to, well, he, he wants us to die to ourselves for one thing. <laughs> Unto him, lay, lay down my agenda, like even lay down my dreams or what I'm trying to live for so, I can, so it can be all about Jesus. <laughs> all about Jesus. And guess what? Jesus is showing up in his body, his body. And so when it's all about Jesus, you can't do that without it being about his family, his community. If we want, to, if we want the full thing of what God wants, it's, it, we're, we got to be all in together for Jesus. It's what he's doing. 
It's what, you, listen, Bill Johnson, okay, the dude who is known in all those revival movies that you guys like to go watch, all right? He's always in them. Why would he always be in those? Because people have an allegiance to him as a person who knows what he's talking about because he's been there and done that and still doing it. And he's, he's the one who said, build a family. If you want to watch the finger of God, know that the guy that they keep bringing around there with the white hair and the glasses, all right? He's, he thinks this has to happen from a place of family. It's what he built. It's what we're building. And it's what Jesus is building. There's a lot of things that I could be saying. I'm, I'm skipping over things because I don't feel like I need to go there. But th- this, what I'm trying to say, though, is like instead of, instead of people, like, th- people, people have been trained to think, I need to figure out how I can start a ministry. I need to figure out how I can get a platform or a position so I can do my calling or whatever. And the Lord's like, why are people so worried about that? I'm trying to build a healthy family. I'm not saying God's not going to raise people up in ministries and stuff, but even when you see that in the book of Acts, what was it when he's sending out apostles or he's sending out prophets or evangelists or whatever they're doing, guess what? They're actually flowing out from the family. It's not a bunch of lone rangers. So God, God is raising people up and everything, but he's not trying to raise, raise up silo ministries. I hope you guys are hearing my heart. I'm not trying to be critical or judgmental. I'm not. I'm not judging people or doing it. I just see that there's dysfunction, that God's trying to heal in his church, in, in the ecclesia at large, trying to restore things. Because the, he's a family God and he wants to change this world through his family. And he calls that his church. And there's so many people who have lost their value for the church. And God's saying, you don't know who the church is. That's why you don't love it like you do or like you don't. He's like, but if you knew who the church was, like who I know the church is, you would love it with all your heart if you love me. Because you can't love me and not love my wife. <laughs> Take that one in, please. That was good, Jesse. Thanks, honey. My, my wife. You can't love me if you don't love my wife. <coughs> Let's learn how to become a healthy family, centered around his presence, growing in our identity, and in the kingdom culture. And then let's see what kind of fruit can come out of that. Hallelujah. I'm not saying, what I'm getting ready to say, I'm not saying this is the present state of our church, but, but I've seen this happen. I want you guys to hear this for a moment. Um, I, I don't want us to be a, a church where people come and visit it, and then they, they didn't feel seen. All right? I, I don't want us to be a place where, where people come and check us out and, and, and they didn't feel like they were immersed in the, in the family love of the Father. Okay? 
We've had people who have come and then they left because they didn't feel valued. I'm not saying that's anybody's fault. I'm just saying, like, because we, we can't be perfect for everybody. But what I'm trying to say is I want us to be intentional about being aware of one another. Have, you know where the Bible talks about God has eyes that are seeking to and fro? Like, we need to have eyes that are seeking to and fro. Is there anybody who needs me to love them today? Is there anybody who, if they left right now, they're gonna, they will have felt unseen? I have a heart for people who, who, tend to not, who, who tend to be overlooked. I don't want to lose people because they were overlooked. I think we're getting better at this, to be honest. I really do. But I want us to be amazing at it. How many of you guys think it would be amazing if Overflow Church uh, at some point becomes very busy in a good way? Busy, like that we're, I'll, I'll change the word busy. Active with doing outreach. How many of you guys think that would be awesome for us to be, become more active with outreach? I, I, believe, I believe for that. But I want to say this. If we can't, we're not going to be able to do outreach well if we don't do in-reach well. Because we need to be a family that is loving one another really well so that when people who don't come, come, they come into something that they will get loved really well. But we got to start with us first, right? Investing our lives in one another. And so I believe that there's going to come a day when, and I, and I believe that maybe we're already upon it, but at the very beginnings of something that's going to happen bigger, I, I believe we're going to see a harvest of souls in, this, in the kingdom across the board, around the world. I believe we're going to see a harvest of souls. And, and I believe the overflow is going to be a place where we're going to see a harvest of souls. All right? But, but we have to be a family together so that then we can love them well too. And people are going to have to get discipled well. That's where you like pour your life into somebody and help them grow up in the Lord. Okay? We're going to need that. But we've got to be doing that with ourselves first too. Because if we don't do that here, with us, how are we expecting to be able to steward a harvest? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen the Jesus Revolution movie? Yeah. I, one of the, I, I cried probably ten times in that movie, yeah. but but one of the times I cried was was when they were having a church service out in the tent or the barn or whatever it was, and and there was this one lady. Man, she was amazing. She had an afro this big, and I was like, I want that. <laughs> I always wished I could do that. But people were coming in, and, <clears throat> and she, would, she would hug them, and she'd say, welcome home. And then she'd love, welcome home. And she meant that. Like, they had such a, a revelation of God's acceptance and love and family that they were, like, telling people who they've never even met before, you're home now. Come on. That's what I want us to be. You're home now. Come on. I already see you as my family. That's awesome. That's what I want. And, you know, like, I, I just, it's going to take all of us. There's that saying that, that says, 
uh, it takes a village, right, to raise a person, and we don't want to do that the Hillary Clinton style, like, that's not, that whatever she wrote in a book, like, that's not what I mean, I'm talking about Jesus style. It takes a village, it takes a, a family, it, it, we, we raise one another, and we're going to raise the new children that are coming in the kingdom, we do it together as a family, and we want to do this well, and, and, and you know, Jessica and I can't do it all, and I think sometimes people think, well, we've got we to gotta do this with Jesse or Jessica, and yes, like we're here, but, but we, we don't even have the physical ability to do it all, but that's okay because we're not supposed to because it takes all of us, amen? And you guys are doing a great job with this, but there's, there's room to grow and we're going to keep doing it. But I just want to say, like, I'm saying these things because I'm speaking into, I believe, a, a revival that's on the horizon. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit. A move of God. And I believe that we're going to come into this place where we're going to be in a season where we're going to start seeing miracles just kind of land on us and flow through us. And it's going to get to where it's going to just be natural in the spirit of God. I believe we're on our way. We see that here and there sometimes. I believe we're going to see it in a way that we've never seen it before. But guess what? The blueprint says we've got to build family first because that's what it's going to land on. All right. I, 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 maybe, I've, maybe I've worn us out with the topic. <laughs> Love can be measured by how much, you, how much value you place on someone. Value can be measured by the price you're willing to pay for something. I want to say those again. Because we talk about love, right? But love can be measured by how much value you place on someone. Value can be measured by the price you're willing to pay to get that something. And so we say we have love, but, but the, this is where the rubber hits the road. Are we, really, are we willing to pay the price to love well? God's building family and he wants to bring heaven to earth. We're a part of that. You guys, with me, we're a part of that together. Amen? Aren't you guys excited about that? Why don't you stand so I can close this out. You guys can get to Shoney's, and next week, I'll, I'll, I'll probably preach a Christmas-focused message next week, because <laughs> Jesus is the reason. All right, Lord, I bless everybody right now in the name of Jesus. By the way, ministry team, why don't you guys come to the front while I'm praying. I bless everybody right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to continue just doing a deep work in each person. I want to I leave you guys with this question. What ways can you oikodomeo one another? That's a word we've been talking about. Build one another up. How can you Oikodomeo, the church that you're called to, okay? Help Jesus build it. How, how, do you, how can you partner with Jesus in building one another up and building the ecclesia that God's called you to? So, Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name that you will help every person, help every one of us to know what your pathway forward is with us being a part 
of becoming everything that you have called us to be so that we can host your presence in a way that we've never seen before. Hallelujah, God. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fall on us and fill us and, and increase what you're doing, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that as you see unity increasing amongst us, Lord, that you will increase your manifested glory in our midst. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Everybody says?